Well, it is that time of the year. It's that time of the year. It's that time when young people across this country are going to be going back to school, right? It's back to school time here in the valley. In fact, some of our kids have already begun going back to school, right? Some of them have already begun a, a new year of, of seeking education. They're already back in the classroom, and you and I both know that there is a lot involved in this. There's a lot involved when our kids go back to school. There's a lot involved for us as, as parents, right? I mean, as parents, this is the time of the year when we, when we got to do something I hate doing, and that's pull out the pocketbook. We got to spend, we got to spend money. We got to buy stuff. We got to buy school supplies. Got to buy school clothes. You got to get back in that daily school routine. We got to get back into the habit for some of us of dropping our kids off at school and picking our kids up from school. And then we got to chauffeur them from one extracurricular activity to the next. And there are going to be times this year when we got to help them with that homework. We got to help them with that algebra homework, with that science homework, with that English homework. We're going to have to be a little bit more strict when it comes to what time they go to bed each day. There's a lot involved for parents when it comes to our kids going back to school. And then what about the teachers? What about the school teachers? You know, we got a lot of school teachers in this room. We got a lot of school teachers here in this place. Many of you know my wife is a, a school teacher. She's been teaching school for several years, and this is the time of the year when she is extremely busy. I mean, even before school officially began, she had to spend a lot of time getting her classroom together. And she had to have a lot of meetings with faculty and staff, and she had to meet with parents and test kids and, and do a whole host of things that teachers typically have to do to prepare themselves to educate between 15 and 25 kids every year. There's a lot of things for teachers to do to prepare for kids going back to school. And speaking of kids, what about our kids? What about our kids? What have they been doing to prepare themselves to go back to school? Well, for some of them, like my teenage son, they have been diligently making sure that they can show up to school in the latest fashion. <laughs> and some of them have been preparing for new teachers and new classes. And some of them this year are going to be applying to colleges and, and universities. And they're going to be preparing to take important tests, tests like the SAT and the ACT. And some of them are going to, going to get their driver's license this year. And they're going to try it for various sports. And some of them also are going to maybe learn to play an instrument or two. And they're going to be late nights of homework and preparing for tests and quizzes. And they're going to make some new friends. There's a lot involved for our young people when it comes to preparing them to go back to school. But here's the real question this morning. The real question is, what about God? What, what about the Lord? For those of you young people in elementary school, middle school, high school, even for those of you going back to college, what are you going to do this year to honor God? 
What are you going to do this school year to honor the Lord? What are we as parents going to do to help our kids honor the Lord this school year? H have you thought about that over the past couple of weeks? I think that's something important for us to think about because with schedules, that now consists of classes and homework and sports and band and tests and filling out college applications, it can be easy for us to forget about the need to continue honoring the Lord. It can be easy for us to forget about the role that the Lord is to have in our lives and to fail to ask ourselves the question of, what does God want me to do? Well, what does Jesus want me to do? What does Jesus want me to do to honor him this school year? Young people, can I give you some verses that I believe can help us answer that question? For, for our first lesson this morning, can I give you a few back-to-school verses? Can I give you a few verses that hopefully you will jot down? and tuck away in your Bible, or at least maybe even put them on your bathroom mirror so you can read them every day and see them every day and allow them to help you honor the Lord as you go back to school this year. I want to give you some back-to-school verses that I hope will help you as you begin a new school year. And here's the first verse I want you to consider right here. The first verse I think we need to look at is found in the book of Deuteronomy. Will you go in your Bibles, please, to your Old Testament, to the book of Deuteronomy. I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter 31, and I want to look at verse number 6, please. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, and in verse number 6, we read the words of Moses. Moses, the servant of God. Moses, the man of God. Moses says in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. So what do we find there in that verse? Well, notice how in that verse we find similar language to what we found in Joshua chapter 1 when we studied Joshua 1 a few weeks ago. Remember that? Notice how like God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, here we find Moses saying the same thing to the people of Israel. He says the same thing to the people of Israel, and then in the next verse, he says the same thing to Joshua. He knows that very soon he's going to die. He knows that he's reaching the end of his life, and these people are going to continue on without him, and they're going to cross the Jordan River, and they're going to battle the Canaanites, and they're going to have all kinds of difficulties and dangers and trials. Moses knows that all this stuff lay ahead in Israel's future, and if they were going to meet those challenges, then Moses said they were going to need to have courage. They were going to need to have courage. The Hebrew word, for courage that Moses uses in that verse means to conquer. It means to be constant and established and fortified and mighty and bold and vigilant and able to withstand. Israel was going to need all of that stuff if they were going to be successful in the land of Canaan. And you know who else needs that stuff? We need that stuff. I need that. You need that. Young people, you need that if you're going to be successful in the classroom. As you prepare to enter into an environment 
or as you enter into an environment where for the vast majority of people, they don't believe the things that you believe. They don't have the same kind of standard and the same kind of morals. In fact, some of the people in this environment you're going into, they'll be hostile towards your faith. They'll mock you. They'll ridicule you because you are a follower of Jesus as you prepare yourself to go out into an environment and an atmosphere like that every single day. You're going to need to have courage. You're going to need to have the courage to do what's right. You're going to need to have the courage to live the life of a true disciple of Jesus. You're going to need to have the courage to behave in a godly manner at all times. You're going to need to have the courage to be different. You're going to need to have the courage to talk different. And to tell people why you don't curse. Why you don't use filthy language. You're going to need to have the courage to look away. And even walk away when you realize that a group of your peers are looking at something ungodly on their cell phone. You're going to need to have the courage to say no when someone asks you to let them cheat off your homework. Or when someone asks you to smoke something or to drink some alcohol. You're going to need to have the courage to stand against peer pressure. You're going to need to have the courage to maybe tell your coach, no, I can't be at practice on Wednesday night. I can't be at that game on Wednesday night. You know why? Because, well... My family and I, we go to Bible class. Wednesday night is Bible class for me and my family. You're going to need to have the courage to say that to your coach. You're going to need to have the courage to say no to wicked people who want you to get close with them so they can influence you. You see, each and every day you go out to school, you're going to have to have courage. You're going to have to have the courage to do what's right and say what's right. And stand for what's right. You're going to have to have courage in an ungodly environment. And having this verse in your bathroom mirror, it'll help you. It'll remind you of that each and every day. It'll remind you to make sure that you take with you the spiritual school supply of courage as you make your way to school. I believe Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6 is a great verse for our young folks to think about before they go to school, but not only do they need this verse, let me give you another verse. Let me give you some Proverbs chapter 1. Will you go in your Bible, please, to Proverbs chapter 1? I want to go to Proverbs. Proverbs has so much practical, practical wisdom, and we're listening to the inspired wisdom of Solomon in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, the wise man Solomon says these words. He says, the fear of the Lord it's the beginning of knowledge. Fools and wis fools despise wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So why do we have this verse on our list? Well, the reason why we have this verse on our list is for a couple of different reasons. The first reason why is because of what it says in the first half. You see the first half of that verse. I want to suggest that what the first part of this verse says should define what our lives are all about. I don't care who we are this morning. I don't care how much money we have or how much money we don't have. I don't care how much education we have or how much experience we have. I don't care how successful we may be in this life. We all should fear the Lord. We all should have a proper level of reverence and respect for God. We should have those things, not just when we're gathered together on a Sunday morning in this place to, to worship God and do church stuff. No, we should have 
We should have that all the time. We should have that in every part of our lives. We should have that in school. We should have that at work. We should have that in our marriages and in the relationships we have with our parents and in our, when with our kids. We should have that in every facet of life. That should really define what our lives are all about. No matter what we're doing, where we're at, where we're, where we're going, what we're involved in, we should be demonstrating fear for the Lord. Now, that's the first reason why this verse is on, on our list. But the main reason is because of what it says in the next part. Young people, do you see the next part of the verse? I want to suggest that the second part of this verse is especially important for our young people. Young people, listen carefully. What the Bible says in the second part of that verse is something you need to remember on the days when you dread going to school. On the days where you dread going to school, which usually begins as early as the second day of school, <laughs> you need to remember what that verse says. When you really don't feel like getting up, when you're grumpy, when you're griping, when you're dreading brushing your teeth and putting on your clothes and getting out of the house and going to school, you need to remember that according to the Bible, it is fools who despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise learning and thinking and increasing intellectually and academically. Fools see no value in reading and studying. Fools see no value in education and in the work of Teachers and instructors, fools see no value in strengthening their brains and increasing the knowledge in their brains. You see, from this verse, we learn that being a servant of God and seeking after education, those things are not incompatible. They don't have to be incompatible. They don't have to be two things that are constantly at war with each other. You don't have to choose one or the other. Instead, you can do both. You can be a servant of God and you can seek after an education. Those things can go together. Those things can complement each other. If you make fearing the Lord the foundation of your life, you can seek after education and instruction. You can do that, the Bible says. In fact, here's the truth about the matter. Developing your mind and getting smarter and becoming a better thinker and processor of information and reader, that can help you be a better servant of God. That can help you in so many different ways, even in the kingdom of God. And so that's the verse you need to be mindful of this year. You need to be mindful of Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. And on those days in which you dread going to school, you need to be mindful of Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. And here's another passage. It's also in Proverbs 1. You need to be mindful of Proverbs 1 verses 10 through 16. Will you read those verses with me this morning, please? Proverbs chapter 1, drop down to verse 10. We're going to stay right here in Proverbs 1. Look at verse 10. Verse 10, and this is Solomon giving advice to his son. He says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, even whole as those who go down to the pit. 
We will find all kinds of precious wealth. We will fill our houses with spoil. Throw in your lot with us. We should all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path, for their feet run to evil. And they hasten to shed blood. What's Solomon? What's Solomon saying to you right there, young people? What's Solomon saying to us all? Well, they're in those verses. They're in those verses. Solomon is telling you, young people, to be cautious. You got to be cautious. You got to be cautious with who you're choosing to be your friends. You got to choose your friends wisely. You got to avoid allowing bad friends and evil companions to lead you down a path of destruction. That's what Solomon is saying there. That's what he's telling his son there in that verse. And I'm going to tell you something. For many young people, for a lot of young folks, they get themselves in a lot of trouble in life because they fail to heed the wisdom of what the Bible's saying there. They fail to heed the wisdom of the Holy Spirit who inspired Solomon. You see, young people, young people who get themselves in a lot of trouble with drugs, and alcohol and pornography and maybe they contract a sexual transmitted disease and get in all kinds of other trouble young people usually have that stuff happen to them not because they wake up in the morning and say well you know what i want to smoke crack today or i want to become an alcoholic today or i want to catch a sexual transmitted disease today that's my goal today young people don't get up in the morning making that their goal instead Usually young people find themselves in those kind of holes and pits in life because they're associating with the wrong people. They got the wrong people in their life. They've chosen evil friends in life. They're hanging out with people who say to them, well, you know what? You're not cool if you don't try these pills. You're not cool if you don't drink this, this beer. You're lame if you believe that you gotta wait until you're married, until you have sex? You see, so many young people get themselves in trouble because they associate with people who tell them that kind of stuff. In fact, I'm gonna be honest with you this morning, my friends, of all the things I worry about with my own children, this is the main thing. This is the main thing that I worry about with my kids. The main thing I worry about with my kids is not what their final science grade is going to be. It's not what their final math grade is going to be. It's not what they got in history or what they got in English. It's not if they're going to make straight A's every semester this year. It's not will they make their sports team or will they learn to play this instrument, or will they rack up a whole bunch of awards at the end of the year. No, the main thing I worry about with my own children is who's going to influence them. Who are they going to pick to be their friends? Who are they going to choose to associate with? Are they going to choose to associate with bad people? Are they going to choose wicked friends, evil companions, or will they choose friends who will influence them to do what's right? Will they choose friends who will influence them to do foolish things? 
or friends who would help them make wise decisions. That's the main thing I worry about with my kids. And I think I can speak for every parent this morning when I say, when I say that for you also. That's something we worry about, right? We worry about that with our kids. And so for our young people here, please, please put this verse on your bathroom mirror. Please look at this verse. Look at these passages. As soon as you wake up each and every day, let these verses remind you of what God says about the matter. Let them remind you to associate with the right kind of people. Let them remind you of the need to be cautious, to be wise, to be careful when it comes to the kinds of people that you're choosing to associate with at school. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10 through 16 needs to be a back-to-school verse. But let's now go to the New Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. And I want to look now at the words of Jesus. I want to go to a familiar passage. I want to go to Matthew chapter 7. We can't go wrong when we consider the words of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. As Jesus preaches the most powerful sermon in the history of the world, Jesus says this in Matthew, the seventh chapter. Here's a, another back to school verse for us. In Matthew chapter seven and verse number 12, Jesus said this. He says, in everything, therefore treat people in the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. What is the Lord challenging us to do in that verse? Well, before we talk about what the verse is saying, let's first point out that what we find there is one of the most famous passages in all the Bible. That's a well-known verse. In fact, that's a verse that many of us learned a long time ago. For many of us, it's one of the first verses we learned from the Bible. It is a passage that is much easier to recite and quote than it is to do, right? It's easier to quote this verse than it is to do what this verse says. This is a passage that is commonly referred to as the golden rule. It is a passage that challenges us in a powerful way. It challenges us to control ourselves. To control how we treat other people. To make sure that we always treat people right. To make sure that we treat them in a godly way. To make sure that we treat every single person in the way we want to be treated. That's what Jesus is saying there. And practically speaking, young people, that means that you never need to mock and make fun of other people. You never need to mock and make fun of physically and mentally disabled people. You never need to mock and make fun of that kid you see who's in a wheelchair or the kids you see who are poor or maybe they look different than you. You need to avoid bullying people and giving your teachers a hard time, giving your principals a hard time, giving your coaches a hard time. You gotta challenge yourself to help people when you see them in need. Be a friend to that new student that you see who doesn't have any friends. Sit next, sit next to that person who you see at the lunch table sitting all by themselves. Stand up for that person who you see is being bullied and mocked and made fun of. Be a righteous person like Jesus. Follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Be like Jesus. Remember Jesus. Jesus always treated people 
with respect and dignity. Jesus didn't just hang out with the cool people. Jesus didn't just hang out with the popular people. No, Jesus, Jesus showed love to everybody. He showed love even to the outcasts, to the people who were at the bottom of the barrel in society. Jesus was kind. Jesus was compassionate. Jesus was loving and, and courteous and fair and unselfish with everybody. That's how Jesus was. And Matthew 7 and verse 12 reminds us to be like Jesus. Matthew 7 and verse 12 is one of those verses that we got to be reminded of. As soon as we get up in the morning, we got to treat people right. We got to treat people like Jesus treated people. That's a back-to-school verse, but let me give you one more. And it's another well-known verse, but it needs to be on the slide. It's John chapter 3 and verse 16. You know John 3 and verse 16. I know many of you can quote that verse, but I hope you still can see the power that's found in that verse. John 3 and verse 16, where Jesus said, For God so loved the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Why is this verse on our, on our slide this morning? Why is this verse in our list? Well, the reason why this verse is, is on our list is because it reminds us of something so important. It reminds us of how God feels about us. It reminds us of how God views us. It reminds us of how God values us. It shows us that God values and loves us so much that he gave us his son. He gave us his son. Will you ponder all that for just a couple of seconds? God gave us his son. God gave us Jesus. God values us so much. He loves us so much. He wants us to live with him in his house so badly that he gave us his only son to die on a cross. You know what this verse shows us? Young people, it shows you that your value, your value is not determined by your grades. It's not determined by how well you do in sports or how popular you are. It's not determined by what you wear or how well you score on your SAT or your ACT. It's not determined by whether or not you can graduate with a 4.0 GPA and you go to a top university and graduate and get a high paying job while there's nothing wrong with you accomplishing those things. Jesus says that your true value is determined by God. It's determined by your heavenly father. It's determined by the fact that God made you. He made you special. He made you unique. He made you in his image. He made you with an eternal soul and with the ability to make choices and to share in his creation. He blesses you to wake up in the morning. He provides for you. He cares for you. He loves you. In fact, he loves you so much that he gave you his best. He gave you Jesus. 
He gave you his only begotten son to die on a cross for your sins and make it so that you can have a path to live with him forever. That's what that verse is saying, and that's a verse that we need to be mindful of all the time. That's a verse that can help us in so many different ways. I mean, it can help us avoid getting caught up in and trying to gain the approval of people. It, it can help us avoid getting down on ourselves and feeling worthless. It can help us avoid allowing critics and detractors and bullies to lower our self-esteem. Jesus says that no matter how people feel about us, we matter to God. We're important to God. We're loved by him at the highest level. John 3, 16. Matthew 7, 12, Proverbs 1, 10 through 16. Proverbs 1 and verse 7. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. These are just a few of many back-to-school verses. These are some verses that I hope our young people will read and remember every single day. These are verses that I really hope we all read. And we all remember every single day because they can only help our, our young people, they, but they can help every single one of us regardless of our age. And so may God bless our young people as they head back to school. In fact, if you don't mind, very quickly, I want to say a prayer for them. Let's pray together. Holy Father in heaven, we bow our heads before you as our great God, thanking you for another day of life, thanking you for the opportunity we have to worship you as your people. We pray especially at this time for our young people going to school, going back to school, elementary school, middle school, high school, for our young folks going to college. We pray that you will bless them and protect them and help them put your word before them and to make wise decisions in every part of their lives. We pray for their parents. We pray for their, for their grandparents. We pray, Father, that you will bless them to continue to grow and they can grow strong in the Lord and that they can seek their higher education while at the same time making you and fearing you the foundation of their lives. We pray a blessing upon them, Father. And we ask this in Jesus' name and amen. Well, our last verse talked about the love of God, how God loves us so much that he gave us his son. And I'm going to close this lesson by asking you, have you responded to God's love? Have you responded to that great love, to that great sacrifice of Jesus? If you have not yet responded to the great love of God with faithful obedience, you have an opportunity to do that as we're getting ready to sing this song. This morning, you can believe in Jesus. And you can repent of your sins and obey his commandment in Mark 16 and verse 16 to be baptized so that your sins can be washed away. If there's anyone here this morning who needs to respond to the gospel for the first time or be restored into a right relationship with him, come to the front now. Let's stand, let's sing.